This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. Most of us spend an awful lot of time at work, and as a result, there has recently been a movement to make workplaces into places you actually want to be. Whether that's in the form of in-office activities or having the best tech available at all times or having access to healthy and filling food, companies that want to recruit and retain top talent are focusing on creating the best environment possible. One of the companies that are helping create those environments is Snack Nation. And on this episode of Marketing Trends, the co-founder and CMO, Andy Mackinson, joined us to explain how he's growing his business and leading by example by creating what Entrepreneur Magazine called one of the top company cultures. Plus, he dives into the marketing strategies he's used in order to get as close to the customer as possible. Enjoy this discussion. Marketing Trends podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. Here is your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, and I am joined by special guest, Andy. What's going on? A whole lot. What's going on, Ian? Nothing much. We are just excited to talk about snacks today. Talk, talk about marketing snacks, your journey as, a, as an entrepreneur and as a marketer, and uh, why it is so important to bring the Snack Nation wonderful products to to really every business uh, that we know. So let's, before we get into all of that, how did you get started in marketing in the first place? Jeez, how did we get started in marketing? Well, it, a long time ago, back before the dinosaurs, there was this thing called network marketing. And uh, if, if anyone's familiar with that, you're basically selling a product trying to get friends and family to sign up. And uh, it's a very interesting process. But what was, what was the learning for me was I was trying to sell a healthy, uh, basically personal development product that helped people get better. It was a journaling system. And I decided that I would uh, set up some landing pages and some ads to try to generate some leads. And that was really the beginning process of, of my marketing journey where I had to learn Google AdWords. I had to learn copywriting and persuasion and get people to opt in. And then once those people opted in, I'd call them up and uh, do some sales on the phone and get them to, to buy a, a personal development journaling system to help make their life better. Now, crashed and burned, miserably failed, of course. But through the process, I actually learned, and this was 2006, was learning internet marketing. And I didn't realize that until after. It was a very, very good lesson for me that, hey, there's a way that you can position a product and the way that you uh, use persuasive language and the way that you set up an ad and, and drive demand uh, to a landing page and have people opt in. Uh, it's a very valuable skill that, uh, that I fell in love with, actually. really loved marketing and, and all that you can do with it. So that was the initial stages. Well, it's funny because you had a, a background in... Uh in the Navy before that. And, you know, as our listeners know, I had a background in the army. And one of the things that almost nobody does in the military is marketing. There's a very small percentage of people who do it. So it's always funny when you talk to people like, how did you get into marketing? Well, it's kind of one of those things that uh, it's more of a passion when you, when you start doing it than anything else. Did you kind of feel drawn to 
um, drawn to something about it? Or was it kind of out of necessity to figure it out uh, so that you could do the things you needed to do? I think both. I, I, you know, I didn't, uh, you're, you're very accurate when you say barely anyone does marketing coming out of the Navy. It's just not something you learn as a, as a military officer. Uh, but I, I learned that uh, it was just fascinating to me diving into some of those old copywriting books, uh, you know, Ogilvy on advertising, even this book from the early 1920s called Scientific Advertising by Claude Hopkins and how those guys, the early ad people, you know, wrote the right words to, to generate interest and desire. And, and it really came down to a deep psychology of what makes people tick and what makes people act. And I just had a natural affinity to that and, and, and saw that it was a very valuable skill to have. And uh, I actually encourage all marketers, if you're, in, if you're in marketing today, especially B2B, demand generation, ABM, like dig into some of those, those copywriting books um, from the early greats because it's just going to help you write the right words and, and get people to, uh, to have that desire and to act the way you want them to. So flash forward to today. Um, tell me a little bit about your role as, as CMO Snack Nation. Obviously, you're co-founder as well, but uh, what's the scope of your work as CMO? Yeah, well, the scope of my work of CMO, it's chief marketing officer. So we're doing all things to drive demand, generate leads, uh, create qualified opportunities for the sales team, uh, help the sales team close deals faster and, a high, and at a higher average ticket. So all the sales enablement that goes into that. And then uh, even most recently, with ABM, uh, because ABM is a very different animal. You're not trying to drive high volumes of leads. Now that we have a higher ticket product, uh, higher ACV, we're, uh, we're looking at ABM and, and that's all about engagement instead of you know, velocity of leads. Yeah. We're going to get a bunch into the, uh, into the ABM piece of this and, and a lot of the tactics that you all are doing. Um, but I did want to brag on the company a little bit. You've been voted you know, best places to work uh, you know, down in SoCal top company cultures by Entrepreneur Magazine, one of the best places, uh, workplaces on the 2018 Inc. list, uh, and kind of on and on, Inc. 5000. Um, so many awesome accolades for the company. Um, you know, you've kind of been able labeled top 25 marketer. I'm curious, like, what do you think from a marketing perspective? Clearly, your brand as a company has been doing really well, not just your brand as a product. I'm curious, like, have you been focused on that at all? Yeah, I mean, we we kind of have to, I shouldn't say kind of, we, we have to eat our own dog food, right? It's like if we're, Snack Nation, when it comes down to it, we're a workplace experience services company. Okay, we're not, we're not a healthy snack delivery company. We're not a snack company. We're a workplace experience services company. And we've got to live it, right? We, we have to... Uh, really focus on having a great culture and making sure that we have a great employee experience here inside our walls because, you know, our mission is to nourish and inspire people to do the best work of their lives. And if we're not doing it here in, in, in house, then we certainly can't have that mission go out to, you know, thousands and thousands of companies all across the United States. So it is something that we, we take seriously. And at the same time, um, the only way you can have a great culture is actually have fun. So we take the fun very seriously. Uh, and that helps us really spread that mission and, and spread our motif 
uh, all across the country when we are on, you know, when we are generating leads and we're on sales calls and we're, we're describing to prospects what makes us different and, and who we are. All of that culture uh, um, kind of pervades, it comes out and people see that, uh, you know, hey, we're, we're a different kind of company. We're not just some old school, you know, slow to evolve food service company that's been out there for a long time where this is something new and fresh and, and fun to have in the office. I'm glad that you touched on that employee experience piece. It's something we actually talk about uh, on our IT podcast because so many CIOs are worried about it. And I think it's something really interesting from a marketing perspective of like, you know, if you have this uh, this net promoter score as the North Star for your customers um, and you have, you know, your employee satisfaction survey or whatever you want to call it uh, is a North Star for maybe your employee experience. Um, it seems like Snack Nation is selling, you know, your product to probably a few different personas within a company, but ultimately it's being used by large percentages of the company. How do you balance that kind of, you know, getting in front of uh, the people who are likely going to buy the product versus kind of shaping an entire company worth of people who ultimately that's, that's who you're trying to make happy? Yeah, it's uh, it's a great question, and what we've experienced uh, it's it's kind of the age old question in in B two B where you've got to you, you're trying to sell into a company, and the end user is the employee, but you've got to go through a gatekeeper, you have to go through some sort of a decision maker, and so you kind of have to have a joint marketing approach there. You have to appeal to, uh, you know, we'll talk about signation for us. We we have to appeal to the office manager because the office manager or the executive assistant, those are kind of the two main avatars of those are the people who are championing the snack and beverage program inside the office. They're the main point of contact. But yet when the ultimate decision comes down to get started with Snack Nation, you know, the, the decision maker is sometimes the CFO, sometimes the CEO, and in some scenarios, sometimes it's the head of people. And so there's kind of two layers there uh, of, of who we have to appeal to. And so we really focused on content um, when, it comes, when it comes down to it, when we are looking at our brand out there, we said, hey, how can we, how can we help the point of contact when we're talking to office managers and needs? How can we help them do their job better? And, and when you look at our blog, uh, you know, we've got somewhere around a million visitors per month now, it's because we've created content that helps those people do their jobs better. An example, there's a keyword called fun office activities. Okay, so we wrote a long piece of, of all these ideas of what, of what you can do to have fun in the office. And it's a listicle for office managers. You know, that post gets uh, frequented a lot because office managers are trying to figure out how to make their office more fun. Now, if you notice, we are not writing about office snack delivery which is, that's our, that's our core product. And do we rank for that? Yes. But that's, you know, that's our homepage, Snack Nation. We are trying to find that next layer of, of keywords and content to help people do their jobs better. And that's where the keywords like fun office activities come in, um, and employee engagement, employee appreciation, and um, executive assistant tools. So these are all key, you know, keywords. And, and so the point for, for marketers out there is, is to look at who your avatar is what do they need to do their job better? What is important to them? What is their pain point? And figure out the keywords that are very important to them and then write the best damn content on those keywords. 
um, and make sure that you're going after page one of Google and you're looking at all 10 of those results and saying, we're going to write content that's 10x better. We do, we, we do the whole 10x, the 10x rule. We want content that's 10x better. And then you do um, organic uh, white hat link building to those posts. And that takes, you know, you got to roll up your sleeves. It's a lot of hard work and it takes time to, to get those links. But that is, that's the equation right there, which is great content with organic white hat link building. Uh, and then that content gets ranked. And then you're ultimately being seen by the avatar that is important to you. Those people then come into your ecosystem. They like your content. They start to like your brand. And then eventually when the time is right for them, they will look into what your actual product is and get started. Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to talk about your approach because um, I love the website for for our listeners. Check out snacknation.com. Um, they have a phenomenally good website, in my opinion. The resources section feels like, you know, it's very helpful. And it seems like you kind of have this multi-tiered approach where you have obviously the blog content that you were just referring to, but you also have the office manager Facebook group, the executive assistant Facebook group, um, some training guides. You have uh, obviously your you have a couple podcasts, brand builder, which is is really cool. It's focused for CPG founders and investors, and then awesome office. So you have kind of this multi tiered content approach where it's not just pushing out content, but really like adding to the ecosystem, uh, adding to people who their you know their jobs are to find new fresh ideas for the office. Um, but it kind of seems like it goes just beyond kind of the posting of content. You talked about making it 10 times better. How do you do that? How do you be more responsive to those, uh, to those personas and those people that you're trying to ultimately help? Content ladders up into community. And I think the, the most successful companies today have a thriving community. And so for us, we, we want to create a place that office managers can hang out chat with one another, uh, get, get information, drive value for each other. Same thing for executive assistants. Uh, that, those are the Facebook groups. The podcast, another form of community where you get listeners and we're trying to help people out. And um, yeah, ultimately, it, it's, it, it becomes omni-channel, right? It's like, it's not just, hey, let's, let's focus on the blog and send content out there and hope people that are, that are searching for us discover us. But when you start adding in all these omni-channel areas such as podcasts, such as, um, you know, even w when you have larger ACVs, you can do live events, you can do group dinners, we tie all that together, it becomes a very strong community of people. And communities are strong, thriving communities are, are really hard to kind of go away or get disrupted. So that's, that's the key. Yeah, I mean, how do you do you have moderators that are solely designed to those like how do you do that i mean it this is i mean this is like one of the things like when keeping it real goes wrong people who make a community and then just uh don't ever interject other than kind of like dropping in dropping in their sales stuff and then it's disingenuous and people leave or, or and then you spend all this money to build a community of people that are like yeah those those people are kind of jerks how do you add value to that like do you have individuals <laughs> that are your community builders like how do you look at that so specifically for the Facebook groups as, you know, community, we look at it a little bit differently. We, we've had 
zero intention to monitor, you know, so-called monetize those groups, meaning, you know, sending offers into them and whatnot. We've really tried to, to keep them as organic as possible. We do have a moderator for each community to make sure nothing goes awry, but it's, it's just been really fascinating to see how organic it is. The, the, the conversation, people helping each other out, the engagement inside those communities, it's, it's literally office managers helping office managers, right? And so one of the hacks that we figured out on how to fill those communities and have a steady flow is uh, ties back to that omni-channel approach that I was talking about. We've created content specifically for executive assistants. We've created content specifically for office managers um, with keywords that that are specific to them. So like I mentioned, executive assistant tools is one of the posts we have. Well, if you're an executive assistant and you're looking for tools, you're going you're gonna to find that blog post. And then inside that blog post is a call to action. Instead of saying, hey, do you want a free snack box with Snack Nation? The call to action is, hey, we have an exclusive group for executive assistants. Go here, check it out. And so that is, that's kind of an evergreen top of funnel feeder of people into the groups. Um, and then once people get into the group, it's very organic and it is, it is moderated. And one of the other things we've done to fill groups is every year we do a report for each of our avatars. It's called, one's called the state of the office manager report. The other is called state of the executive assistant report. Every year we send a survey out. We get uh, somewhere between 300 and 500 responses. We get all the latest data on what uh, what those avatars like, what they don't like, you know, how stuff on the job, all the different all the different things that are interesting to those avatars. We compile a report uh, annually, and then based on the results of that report, we boil it down into the top five points, and we do a webinar. And then we advertise that webinar on the various channels, LinkedIn. Um, in our various content pieces, our email list, we fill that webinar. And then one of the main calls to action at the end of the webinar is join our group. So you could take a look at that and say, yeah, we actually have demand gen budget to drive, you know, webinar registrants, but ultimately we're, we're feeding the group at the end of that webinar. So that's another way to drive community. It really struck me as I was looking at a lot of this. And I, I have a few friends that uh, are office managers and EAs. The thing that's so funny about this population, in my opinion, I could be wrong, but uh, it's just there's no clearly defined like office manager or EA role. Like no two are the same. They all have totally different responsibilities. Like some overlap, obviously, but by each company and each location and each sort of thing, like there's not some, you know, overarching, you know, governing body that I'm aware of that manage manage these sort of things because for so long things like employee experience weren't really clearly defined they didn't have metrics associated with them they didn't have you know nps surveys or things like that i'm curious how do you take a more data driven approach to the customers that you're serving and like help them in their in their careers because it seems like it's kind of a circuitous road for those folks yeah uh, it's it's actually pretty you, you hit the nail on the head it's pretty funny when we when we uh, advertise directly to EAs and OMs on uh, on LinkedIn like we'll, we'll have like a, a free snack box offer uh, as the ad and the comments on LinkedIn are so polarizing there'll be EAs that are like oh my gosh this is awesome I've been looking for this you know I need this this is so great and then there'll be a completely opposite side of the spectrum uh, comment that says 
how dare you? I can't believe you're uh, promoting snacks uh, to me as an EA. I don't handle that. And yeah, um, crazy. And, and so it's a very polarized community. It's very polarized community, and that that's great. Um, we actually, you know, one of the one of the keys to to marketing is I, I believe that you you need to polarize people. You need to stand for something, and you're going to attract who you attract, and you're going to repel who you repel. And that's better because you can't be everything to everyone. So that's just a side note. Uh, but yes, it is an it is an underserved community. How we handle data with them, um, it's man, people. I, I I feel like sometimes people, executives, marketers, they they make this data thing into it's too big of a topic. They they make this into too big of a problem. It's very simple, and the answer is to just get as close to your customer as possible. When I say get as close to your customer, what I mean is send surveys to them, get on the phone with them and talk to them one-to-one, do stuff that does, doesn't scale, like having a one-on-one conversation on the phone or a, even, even better, a Zoom video where you can see their face. Talk, you know, talk to 10 to 20 of your customers, block off an entire day and just talk to your customers. By the end of that day, you will have so much insight and you will you'll notice patterns and discover trends and stuff that it would take forever to do if you were, uh, you know, sending emails and stuff like that, like to just get as close as possible. You'll discover what the true pain points are, what the true desires are. And, and by the end of that day, you'll have a, a really good starting point of, Hey, here's, here's how we should be evolving our product or here's how, here are the new the new products that we should be launching as a result of that. And, and that's exactly what we did with, with Snack Nation. I mean, for five years, we were, uh, we were doing healthy snack delivery um, where we, we curate, you know, the, the, the best, delicious, most emerging snacks based on our taste testing process that we have here internally. And after surveying and talking with members directly, we realized, hey, they love us, but there's so much more that they need in the break room. And that's why we, we've expanded into coffee, into... Uh, fruit delivery. And even in Los Angeles, we've expanded into, uh, you know, white glove delivery, merchandising, stocking, uh, and, and even, you know, beverages uh, that so really fueling the entire break room. And we, we wouldn't have learned that if, if we hadn't have been as close as possible to our customers. Well, yeah. And, and it's about getting your, your customers closer to their employees, right? Like that's part of the thing is, I think for you know, for those folks, whether it's an office manager, EA, or whoever is deputized to be in charge of this sort of stuff, you know, their job is to make employees happier, right? It's not to be, you know, running down 500 different vendors or, you know, figuring out all this stuff, but that's what they end up doing. So to be kind of that one-stop shop for them so that they can be more you know, responsive so that they can listen more to the concerns of what's going on around them, I'm sure is a huge value add. How do you quantify those things? Because I'm sure, you know, we've all seen, uh, you know, the what Google has for snacks or what, you know, whoever it is has for snacks. Um, and what they have, you know, certain people have massive meals. Some people just have, you know, unlimited uh, whatever, or, you know, the the cold brew coffee or or what have you, but a lot of companies kind of feel like that they can't afford those sort of things or that that stuff 
maybe doesn't drive ROI or I don't know, maybe it makes their employees soft or some sort of ridiculous thing. Um, like, how do you quantify like why this is important? How does this drive, you know, ROI for the company? Yeah, great, great question. And, and you know, you, you, you were spot on in terms of making their life easier. I mean, when we talk about, we talk about, you know, you boil down all the, all the different value props that Snack Nation have has at the end of the day, Snack Nation helps your team enjoy work more and helps make your life at work easier. And that's that's you know the messaging that we're appealing to uh, to heads of HR, to the main decision makers in the office. And so, the ways that we have quantified this in the past and then now going forward, there's 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 a few different metrics. One is retention, right? Do people like your product or do they not? What's, what's your retention rate? And, and then also what is your, you know, upsell and downsell rate in terms of net new revenue or net loss revenue um, going forward, you know, for all of the existing accounts that you have. That's going to tell you a lot about um, how people really like your product or not. Secondly, uh, you know, NPS, right? We talked about NPS and NPS is an important benchmark for us to know, um, basically the loyalty of the customer base, right? And so we do look at, at NPS and we, we survey uh, frequently, um, not to the entire member base all at once, but uh, at uh, you know, various members at various times, we look at the entire customer journey and, and survey uh, throughout that process. You know, what's, what are people, what's the NPS score right after sales hands the, the deal over to our member success team? Um, you know, wh- where are they at 30 days down the road? And so we measure different NPS points throughout the customer journey. And that's important to know. That's important to see because you want to, you want to know if you've got some sort of breakage point in your customer journey. Like people are ecstatic when they're first getting started and 30 days later, they're not like, okay, there's a breakage point. Let's, let's analyze and take a look at, uh, what our, what our communication is, what our processes are and see if we can kind of plug that hole. Right. So, so we look at NPS, and then finally, what we're what we're, we've just launched now is the Snack Nation app, and the Snack Nation app is designed for us to have. Uh, you know, I talked about getting as close as possible to the customer. One of the, the challenges in B two B is is getting to the end user. Uh, now, with software, it's easier because the end user is using your software, but with physical products, it's more of a challenge. And you know, typically with physical products in the office, you got to go through the office manager. You have to go through some sort of point of contact or a gatekeeper in order to get to the end user. And so, we're using the Snack Nation app to. Number one, help employees have a better experience in work because they have an app now where they can rate and review the snacks, coffee, fruit, all that. Um, And then that data gets fed up to a central dashboard that the office manager has. So now the office manager or the EA or whoever's handling the break room program in the office has a has uh, insights that, that they can see, oh, employees like this or employees don't like that. And now they have visibility for the first time ever. They've got a data-driven uh, visibility of what people like and what they don't like. And that's going to help the future curations. Hey, people don't like snacks with uh, a bunch of peanut butter in them. Okay, you know, that goes into our machine learning platform and that helps inform the curations going forward to help optimize the best possible mix of snacks, beverages, and coffee. I you ju- you jumped on it because I had I had app questions next, and I love that that you all launched the app and talk about you know a great way to get instant feedback from all of those stakeholders. I have two questions on 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 the app and about stakeholders in general. Not all st- stakeholders are created equal, 
Um, because if the CEO of the company likes, uh, you know, bananas, then you're going to have bananas. I say that because I love bananas. Best fruit. They come with their own casing. They're the best. Second thing, you know, so there's kind of like a weighted kind of thing there. And then the the other thing on that is that when you have folks who have, let's say, allergies, like shout out to producer Hillary, uh, no nuts for any of her snacks, or when you have, um, or just people who are are very vocal in, you know, like me with my bananas, like every snack should have something with bananas on it. How do you kind of, uh, you know, help the the office manager or, or whoever, you know, triage those kind of uh, complaints? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's one of the main reasons we we developed the app. I mean, so let me back up. We talk about uh, getting as close as possible to the customer. What we've learned through all the years we've been serving thousands of offices is that employees want to feel seen, heard, and appreciated at work. Um, it's, It's actually a core desire for really any human being. I mean, we want we want significance. We want to feel seen and heard and we want to feel appreciated. And so the, you know, before the snack nation app, uh, here's the, here's the feedback mechanism. An employee tries a snack. They don't like it. They go to the office manager and complain, Hey, this, uh, this bar with nuts sucks. I don't like it. And then, um, the office manager is like, okay, cool. Well, I guess I'll have to make a mental note of that uh, so that I don't order that the next time. Well, guess what? 95% of the office actually loves the bar. So yep. the loud employee is getting the mind share. Office manager then changes the order next week and they don't get the bars. And then five people the next week come up to him or her and say, what happened to that bar? It was so delicious. Where, where did it go? And so it's been a very qualitative, non-quantitative feedback loop uh, in the office. And so now with the app, we're able to quantify it. The office manager has a dashboard where uh, you know they can see uh, pluses and minuses. Eighty-five percent of the office loves this, um, you know, this snack, or eighty-five percent of the office's office does not like this snack. We can then get that data and that feedback to curate the the snack program differently in the future. And then um, later this year, we are building a, a machine learning algorithm where that curation is then going to be automated, so that we can just say, hey, based on all the employee feedback, here is your next week's delivery as informed by data. Uh, if, you, if you love it, you don't need to do anything about it. This is what, this is what you're getting. If you want to have some manual changes, go, you know, go for it. And here's the platform that you can, you can swap out some stuff. This just in, producer Hillary has informed me that she'd like to make a case for mangoes as the best fruit. I will allow that. And I will say that mangoes are the most delicious fruit, but they can't be the best fruit because that pit is like impossible to get to. So most delicious fruit, mangoes, best fruit, bananas. I hear you. And uh, mango is my favorite as well. Oh man, jeez. Uh, tropical fruits, they're the best. So speaking of fruits, yeah, you you recently made an announcement that, uh, you know, Snack Nation is, you know, sinking deeper into this idea of employee experience um, and creating this, you know, this workforce experience that is something truly special. So as a marketer, you're kind of going through, you know, obviously you have this killer brand name, won a lot of awards, Snack Nation. Everybody knows you as a place where you can get snacks, even without even knowing the company. You just see it and you say, hey, I can probably get some snacks there. 
Now it's it's more than that. Now you're you're building something new. How did you approach that change? Yeah, well, uh, here's a here's a great book for for all marketers to read. It's called Play Bigger. Um, if you haven't heard of that book, it is all about becoming the category king. Oh yeah, we we've had Chris on the show like twice. Yeah, Chris Saki. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I you know I, my my co-founder and I re- read that book and we're like. Holy crap! We, I mean, we need to play bigger, right? It's like for for so many years we've been very focused on on healthier snacks, and there's been a good reason for that, and there's been a big market for that. But as we looked at our evolution and how we wanted to create more influence and pro, uh, create more impact, provide more value to the to the uh, overarching industry, we said, "Hey, we, you know, th- this book really, really struck a chord with us, and we uh, we created a new category." Right, and so um, the first first step in becoming a category king is is to define your category and what category you're going to own. And uh, our category is workplace experience services. Um, and so, if you think about that, that's you know workplace experience services. That's more than just snacks. It's everything that goes in the break room, and then outside of the break room, you think about all the other possibilities that are that are there. Um, right now, we're focusing on the break room, which is the next natural expansion from just snacks to beverages, fruit, coffee, everything. That, um, even foosball you know, even table. Huh? Huh? So foosball could be considered break room. It could be considered workplace experience. Where we're going to start uh, expanding into those sorts of elements um, at an undetermined time right now. But right now, we want to expand into the break room, and so it's workplace experience services. And um, I highly recommend people read the book Play Bigger because it really does make you think uh, think a lot bigger and where you need to expand to. Yeah, we talk about category creation uh, all the time. We also had Jennifer Johnson from Tenable who who worked with Chris, um, and we we actually promoted Niche Down his his book that he came out with recently or more recently, I should say. That's also really good mm-hmm. about you know finding that niche. You know, the thing I would add to that, you know, in in kind of your journey here is. Um, you have such an opportunity as a marketer, all marketers, to surprise and delight customers. And there's so many ways to be creative and think about things that can add value. And like, you know, I was joking about the foosball thing, but, you know, there's stuff that you could add that's so simple that you could, you know, like paper football or whatever it is um, that can differentiate that people would use or or whatever um, and th- I think the the classic ping pong table in the office, I've been to Google a ton of times. There's always someone playing ping pong. Now, <laughs> does that mean that, you know, does that mean that, you know, I've seen all sorts of blog posts like ping pong distracts or ping pong's great or whatever it is. Number one, it's like, you know, you're moving around and doing stuff. So that's, that's a net positive for our world. Um, but the other thing is it's memorable and like, it doesn't have to be ping pong, but it, if there's some sort of thing to make your company be memorable, um, that that's the most important part. And I love that you're going after this break room scenario of kind of like own the break room because it is an extremely underserved thing. Um, and it's always been kind of an afterthought. Uh, you know, there's a couple magazines or, or whatever, but, but that's kind of it. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to say something polarizing. I hope, I hope that I offend some people here. Most offices are boring. Oh yeah. I hope that's not yours. I hope that's not your office, but guess what? That is the reality in America today. People are going in and they are bored and, um, we want to change that. 
We want to make it interesting to go to work. We want to make it fun. You know, we, we have this phrase, we call it B to C at B. So business to consumer at business, which is people want work-life integration. They don't want work-life balance where when, you know, work-life balance, you go into work and you're working and then you're like, okay, when can I get out of here so I can actually live my life? No, the way that things are evolving today is that we're, we're bringing more of life into the office. You, you know, you, you, look, you talk about Google and that's probably really far into the spectrum, but the, uh, you know, the massages at work or, you know, yoga, we have yoga at 4.30 here in our office where people can do yoga like right towards the end of work. Um, we have offsites, we, you know, we're, we have a break room where we offer lots of delicious free uh, food and products so that you can stay in the office and enjoy yourself. Uh, this is where the world's heading. And, and you know, we hope to, to lead that in thousands of offices across the country to make work more interesting and more fun. Well, this is this goes back to a thing that we talk about all the time on the show, which is like fight where you can win, right? The reason why Google can do all that stuff is because they have the best like product ever created. So they have the best the best profit margins of any product like in the history of the world. So they can afford a lot of <laughs> yeah. expensive stuff and fully catered meals and all those sort of things. Your company probably can't do that. But you can do other things. You can invite, you know, the local SBCA to come and bring by, you know, dogs every Friday or something like that. Or mm -hmm. there, there's plenty of things that you can do. Yoga is a great example. Yoga is technically free. There's probably somebody who's like, you know, wants to be a yogi in your company that would that would, you know, hang out and do that. Uh, and that's something that normally would cost a lot of money if you have like, you know, a spare break room or something. There's all sorts of ways to do that. And I and I love that your positioning um, is such that you're going to be able to steer into all of those experiences and add value beyond just, um, you know, just food and drinks and things like that. Um, but you know, they say the way to a person's heart is through their stomach. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up budget because yeah, when people are like, Oh, how the heck can we be like Facebook and Google with our, with our food programs? And you don't, you don't have to be like them. You can still do this on a budget in an affordable way as long as you are conscious about this and you're and you're thinking about this. And you know, companies like Snack Nation, whoever else is in the workplace experience services category, these are companies that are going to come in and and help you do this on a budget. What we realized across, like I said, across all our surveys and all the experience we've had is that Workplace experience is now the single most important factor when it comes to competing for top talent. And in today's environment, you can't afford not to have a workplace experience plan because top talent now expects it. And when they're looking at the other competitors or the company across the street and they're considering job offers, or even if they're at your company and they're considering, hey, what are my other options? If you do not have a, a phenomenal workplace experience plan in place. The other competitors are starting to do it now and it's expensive to lose top talent. So we talk about doing it on a budget and not, or, or not, I'm sorry, not having the budget to do it. it it's now a necessity. Yeah. So, and this, I, it goes into one final thing and then I want to talk some of your favorite campaigns. Every, this is like when you can nest your priorities as a marketer into your CEO's priorities, uh, you're probably doing a great job or, or maybe it's just the minimum viable job. But um, every single CEO in America wants to be a best place to work. They all want Absolutely. this. Absolutely. 
and and I say this as you know how how can marketers help with this? Like maybe like you know tap on your uh, office manager's uh, shoulder and say you know hey maybe we should we should combo this uh, and and we can support with some marketing dollars to to help do something like this to have not only just an employee experience you know program but also an employee experience marketing arm of that uh, and I think this is something that. Just like if you have a great employee experience at your company uh, or a good workport, workforce experience, um, you should also market that and you should, you know, evangelize that. And you don't have to wait until you get the best places to work. But then once you do, you know, you see that all the time. So I just think it's a critical thing for people to understand that you know that this is a priority for your CEO. Um, so figure out some KPIs and some metrics on how to get to that road. And, and I, I promise that will be a win for your CEO. Absolutely. Okay, so what's your uh, what's one of your favorite campaigns that that you've done over the years? One of our favorite campaigns. Well, you know, if you look at our our progression, we've been very much uh, like we said, healthy snack delivery. So, demand generation focused, inbound and MQLs, uh, convert those MQLs into opportunities, close those ops into sales. The kind of the traditional um, marketing approach, I would say, from like 2005 to 2015, which is like you know Marketo and marketing automation, all that. I think one of the more interesting things that we're doing now uh, and results to be seen because it's it's relatively early. Uh, but um, in terms of ABM and and omni-channel, it's really all about uh, sending out what we're calling a shock and awe box. So, so it goes like this, generate a list, list building is, is incredibly important. It's imperative to a, to a good ABM campaign, determine who your, your top targets are on that list. Uh, we're then sending out a, uh, a little curiosity driven email, uh, saying, Hey, uh, I'm sending you a surprise in the mail, be on the lookout for it. That's it. There's no link. There's no selling. There's no marketing. It's just a curiosity driven email. The shock and awe box then lands. Uh, inside that box is a thought leadership piece. So for us, uh, it's all about the future of work. Talk a lot about you know workplace experience being the the single most important factor when it comes to competing for top talent. We talk about employees wanting to provide feedback uh, and wanting to be seen and, and heard. Uh, we talk about how you know SMBs are growing in enterprise companies. We talk about uh, all the trends that we're seeing. Uh, in a thought leadership piece, we have a one pager on our on our full service offering, which is the the white glove, um, you know, stocking and delivery here in LA. Uh, inside that box is also our top six snacks as as ranked by data, um, all the data and feedback we've gotten. What are the top six? Well, that's a tough question to answer, actually, because it's proprietary. No, just kidding. Um, it 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 changes every month, right? Because every month we get we get new data, but. Some of the, the top ones right now, there's, uh, there's a bar called Honey Stinger. And it is, uh, uh, it's a cracker with peanut butter and dark wrapped in kind of dark chocolate. But it's not like a like thick Snickers bar type. It's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a light, tasteful uh, bar that it, it bridges the gap between a straight up junk food candy bar and a more healthful choice. Um, skinny dipped almonds are, are mm. a big crowd mm -hmm. favorite. I don't know if you heard of those. Oh yeah, uh, but those are chocolate covered almonds. But it's not again. It's not the thick candy coated chocolate. It's a very small amount. That's just the right, just the right amount. We'll just say I know my way around the snack drawer. I uh, I would think so. A bit of yes. a bit of an aficionado. And I then, could do a lot here, of offices. Here's, 
We do this podcast in at least a yeah. handful of offices every single week. So I've seen just about every office in the in the Bay Area for sure. Uh, and then many others. And and here's an interesting twist. You know, the big companies like Frito-Lay are they're they're also moving closer to healthier. And they've there's an all-natural Cheetos out there now, which is delicious. So instead of the nuclear orange on your fingertips, um, it's you know, it's more of a white cheddar cheese and it's all natural ingredients. There's an organic Doritos now and, and it just doesn't have any of the, the chemicals or colorings and, and there's organic Doritos. And so, you know, there's, there's options that people can have and, and you don't have to uh, sacrifice what you're used to. So the box is filled with those snacks. It's filled with a uh, cold brew coffee. It's filled with our new um, private label coffee called Palindrome. Start strong and strong. If you don't know what a palindrome is, it's, you know, a, a word is spelled the same way forwards as it is backwards. Um, so we like to start strong and end strong. So I'm painting the picture of this like shock and awe box where it's just like, it's got all of this cool stuff and it catches your attention. Ultimately they're reading a very short letter that is asking for a five minute phone call to see if there's a fit for a longer meeting where we come in for about 30 minutes. We check out your break room. We look at what you have. And then, um, regardless of whether you want to get started with snack nation, we're going to give you value on and some tips on how you can make your break room better. So that's really the offer. Um, and and th- that first shock and awe box is, is the first step. Um, it is then followed by a sales rep phone call, an email cadence. And if we don't have a meeting within two weeks, we send mailer number two. That's in a, another unique package that I won't get into all the details on, uh, followed by a sales rep calls and email. If there's no meeting by then, two weeks later, there's package number three. And essentially, we're putting them on a uh, six package sequence that spans the course of over two months. Um, and we've done this before with our prior business called Human Healthy Vending. And if you do that entire sequence with unique dimensional mailers, with choreographed sales calls, emails, uh, even sales rep videos, it's great, great uh, technologies like Vidyard or even the free solution through Loom. You're doing uh, personal one on one videos in these emails. If you do all that, you're, you're going to have, you know, at least w- what we experienced in the past, 90% of the people that we're trying to hit, we're going to get either a yes or a no from them. And by the way, a no is just as good as a yes, because it means you don't have to chase them any longer and you can focus on the yeses. I love it. That's a great, that's a great breakdown. I have one more question. Um, actually, I have a few more, but I have one more specific question before we get into our lighting round. Um, you have ads on Snack Nation for other companies. I am curious. Uh, so like monday.com has a, uh, has a spot on your website. Why is that? We believe that not only should we be offering great content to help our core avatars, that we should also be helping our avatars experience and get introduced to other top companies that we believe will help them. So, in, uh, you know, monday.com's example, it's a great project management software that we use here internally. Uh, they're actually now rebranding it to, to uh, it's called a work OS now, work operating system. Uh, we love the software. We think it, I mean, we know it helps us. We think it can help our avatars. So why not do a partnership with them and promote them on our blog? It's a way to help monetize the blog in a thoughtful way that, 
um, that both benefits us as Snack Nation and benefits all of our avatars who are reading the blog. And so is that just like a PPC sort of thing? It's essentially an affiliate marketing uh, deal where you can you can position that multiple different ways. Um, you can you can do a CPC deal. You can do cost per lead deal. You can even do CPA deals, cost per action, where uh, you know if you drive uh, enough traffic and enough leads to a specific company and they close the deal, then um, you know you get a percentage of whatever that revenue is. So there's lots of ways to structure those deals. But the bottom line, that the main takeaway for anyone who has decent blog traffic is make sure that these partners are highly vetted and that you are doing it for your avatar, not for yourself. You want to make sure that these are going to provide value for, for your avatar. When you also did partnerships, like the Brand Builder podcast, it's presented in partnership with Force Brand. So it seems like you, you have a, a healthy kind of partnership attitude. Absolutely. I mean, man, we all, we all go farther in life if uh, if we're if we're going with friends and and partners, right? So, um, Force Brands is great because they they have a big audience in the um, in the CPG space, and so that's that's a very synergistic partnership where they can help promote the podcast to their audience, just like we promote them to our audience. So, you, we don't have to be in this all alone. We can we can have partners and and have synergistic relationships with lots of people. All right, let's get into the lightning round. These questions are lightning fast, just like marketing with Salesforce. Marketing Trends podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Salesforce brings marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. We love them. You will too. Check them out if you haven't already. Lightning round questions. Andy, are you ready? I am ready. Let's do this. Number one, what app on your phone is the most fun? I would say um, my most fun is YouTube. The reason for that is I've been discovering YouTube as another uh, another content channel for me. And I'm finding that I'm actually w- listening to a lot of the audio uh, instead of watching the videos. Favorite recent snack that you checked out? I know these are, it's like your children, but uh, favorite recent snack? The one that's staring me in the face is uh, is the all-natural Cheetos surprisingly delicious favorite tv show or podcast that you're watching or listening to oh you mean besides this one hey now <laughs> <laughs> well i mean curb curb your enthusiasm just started back up so um you know it's pretty 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 good and uh yeah podcasts uh i love i love uh, newest one is, is flip my funnel hidden talent or passion my passion. Uh, I love. I love deep powder skiing. I didn't tell you this before, but I also spent time in the snack and vending industry because my dad had like three vending machines growing up. So shout out to uh, the Wells Fargo locations in various parts of the Bay Area that I spent my childhood counting <laughs> coins and uh, and doing all that. Um, but favorite uh, favorite vending location that you've ever had to frequent. <laughs> favorite vending location. Well, I would say the best vending locations are high schools uh, by mm. far. I mean, the most foot traffic, captured audience, and a bunch of teenagers that are hungry. Best advice for a first-time CMO? Know your customer. Learn who they are. Talk to them on the phone. Talk to many of them on the phone. Before you even try to start creating programs and messaging, talk to 20 customers on the phone. What question do you never get asked that you wish you were asked more often? <laughs> that I never get asked. I wish people would ask me what uh, one of my 
hidden desires is in my life. What is it? Hidden desire. I want to. I want to. I want to go to the moon. Ooh. I, I believe that um, where where the world's heading and space space tourism. Uh, I believe that there's going to be some really cool stuff uh, to do on the moon, and I want to get up there with my boys. Well, we hope that you get there, and we're just thankful that you got to spend some time on Marketing Trends today. Um, Andy, thanks for everything. Everybody check out Snack Nation. Any final thoughts? Anything to plug? Yeah, I mean, I think um, if you want to check out Snack Nation, we do have uh, a free offer for offices with at least 20 or more employees where you can get a free snack box at uh, snacknation.com slash free one two three that's uh, snacknation.com slash free and then the the numbers one two three love it thanks man appreciate it thanks ian marketing trends podcast is brought to you by salesforce discover marketing built on the world's number one crm salesforce Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey. Salesforce, we bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com marketing. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.